Good morning, greetings, and blessings in the name of Jesus Christ on this Sunday, December the 18th, 2022. Welcome to Triple C Podcast. Let's open with a word of prayer. Master, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to repeat, teach, preach, and share your gospel. It is our desire, God, that you be glorified, that we be edified, and that the devil be horrified because we yet to quit and stop seeking and pursuing the truth. We thank you now. Bless every podcast listening today. In Jesus' name, that we pray. Amen. Literally, good morning, greetings. On behalf of Triple C Podcast, we want to just greet you on this Sunday morning. We're getting closer to the end of December 2022, soon to crack in 2023. But in the interim, there's a, there's some things that God, I believe, would share with us on today. Let's look at Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible, and I'll try to paraphrase from the Amplified. But Mark chapter 8, the writer, the evangelist Mark chapter 8, starting at 30, verse 34. And the word of God reads, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Last verse for today. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. May God bless us all, the readers, hearers, and doers of his most holy word. Today's Triple C podcast is titled Spiritual Gains and Losses. Spiritual gains and losses for, for the accountants in the room. This is a, of a financial answer that mostly applies to gains and losses uh, in the financial world. It's, it's opposing outcomes from gains and losses. But God gave to me that we need to translate that earthly analogy to spiritual gains and spiritual losses. Oftentimes what I have found uh, not claiming to be a prosperity preacher as we title prosperity preachers today because I don't have a large church. I don't have a large following of people. I don't have fleets of cars. I don't have a large church building where I've got buses and planes. So you can't label Tony as a prosperity preacher in that regard. But I am a prosperity preacher preaching and teaching the holistic truth of God that we will one day die and our flesh will return to the dirt and our spirit man needs to rest, rule, and abide somewhere. And so when you look at it from that connotation, I believe that is prosperity and all of its wealth to preach that as well. So as we look at Jesus, Jesus and his disciples was around Jerusalem. And what the people didn't realize was they were walking with the good news, who is Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. As we are into the holiday season of Christmas, when I was in Jerusalem and, and, and on the tour that I was on, here's what we understand. The Western culture picked the 25th of December. If you're over in Jerusalem, they will not tell you what day 
it, his birth was because the theologians that says we do not know it was around the time frame of the 25th of the month. So in the Western culture, uh, they picked the 25th. But in the season when he was born, with no birth, there will be no death. And with no death, there will be no resurrection. With no resurrection, you and I would be hopeless. Hello, Holy Ghost. So as we are entering to the season of his birth, some people think it's not relevant to talk about his birth, but if there was no Savior being born, there would be no death, resurrection, and burial, and resurrection. So you got to understand you can't have one without the other. It's critically important. So, And as we do celebrate, we celebrate the red, the green, the white. We They have cover, uh, color symbolisms to them, but we got to understand that, that Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is the reason spiritually for the season. We give gifts in exchange on the honor of the three wise men and the northern star. Those are symbolisms that we give gifts. We give gifts in honor of just showing our friends, family members, loved ones, significant others, our husbands, our wives, that we love them by gift exchange. It shouldn't be about that ultimately, but we make it the commercialization of Christmas is about making money. But the Christian needs to keep focus on the real meaning of why we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. So I, I pray that as you listen to this short podcast, won't be long-winded this morning as I'm typically never trying to be very long-winded. I want the Holy Spirit to just share what we need. And please understand that I'm speaking, preaching, teaching to myself first. Amen. I can't just be sharing this and be myself a castaway because I'm not trying to practice what I preach. So understand something in my humanity, in my fallibleness, I'll call it, and being a human, I am subject just like everybody else to tripping, stumbling and falling short and sometimes getting off course and getting off kilter because oftentimes the world has a way of manipulating and manipulating your mind to get you off focus for a little while. But I pray this morning that this podcast will remind you about the significance of spirituality and gains and losses. Amen. So let's look at what Mark wrote. And, and this is the Bible in the Western culture, as you did not know if you did or didn't know. In 1611, when the, uh, uh, the correlation of the Bible was translated from the original Greek and the Hebrew, it was written in, in the red letter edition of the Bible. And the red letter edition speaks to when Jesus was speaking specifically. So in the book of Mark chapter 8, this is where Jesus and his disciples had, had just fed 5,000. They had the two fish and the five loaves of bread, and they took up all the baskets of remnants feeding all those people because those people had chose to follow Jesus, and they were into the third day and hadn't eaten because they were so consumed by that truth that was being spoken. They lost the, the sense of days, and they were journeying, and they were traveling to hear this truth. Amen. If you've not noticed, the truth is what sets us free. Uh, the truth is what will get you to the kingdom of God. The truth will get you beyond the gate. Oh, what a tragedy it will be to get all the way to the gate and get denied interest because he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Though you claim that you go to conferences every year, though you claim that you love the Lord, he heard your cry and you at church every Sunday or you got gospel music playing your house, but then the fruit that you produce doesn't line up with the word of God. There's a conflict and a contradiction somewhere. So 
So I pray that this morning will help you to articulate where you are on what side of the fence you are on. You can't straddle the fence. You got to choose as Joshua chapter 24 and 11 says, choose you this day whom you will serve. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Capital L. Understanding that in our humanity, serving God don't have to mean we're so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good. Being spiritual minded is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, learning to love God as God loved me. And the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 29 and 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. How do we perish? Because our sight is focused on the wrong thing. Amen. The gains that we look at, and I'm going to get there in just a minute, the gains that we look at, I hope that this ain't you when I go down the scripture verses. Here's what he said in verses 34. And when he had called the people unto him, do you not understand all are called to get saved, but only few are chosen? Why? Because God already knows the heart of men. Don't you try to prejudge. Don't you try to predetermine. You just preach this gospel. You strive to live this gospel. Do y'all remember a couple of podcasts ago? I said we ought to be like a spiritual Lazarus. We ought to, as we get resurrected, we want to be a witness without a word sometimes. Sometimes you got to shut up and understand. Just let the people see the fruit. You ain't got to tell it about what you do, what you have, who you are, what you bought, your status, your title. You just got to be and let God get the glory. Amen. And he says this, and when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, this is you and I, 21st century, fast forward moving. He's still talking. His word still speaks because he's not in the grave. Though you buy the cross symbolized on your neck, he's not on the cross. He's off the cross. The Bible says he resurrected on the third day. But those are symbolism. Don't get wrapped up in jewelry. People get offended because people have a cross with Jesus symbolized on it. It's just a symbol. Hello, Holy Ghost. He says this, whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Every one of us has to bear our own cross to follow Jesus. When I walk down the streets where Peter, amen, uh, Simon Peter carried that cross for Jesus, that six foot by six foot cross, if you were to physically walk, it was a very narrow entryway that he had to turn sideways to get that cross that they was going to hang Jesus on. Oh my God, it will mess your mind up to see it live and in color. He says this, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, semicolon. But, remember I told you in the English vernacular, but is a conjunction. There's always an English follow-on after a conjunction. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. The first thing that God gave me, here's the objective. The objective is to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
If you not remember, I call it transformational discipleship for a reason. A disciple is one who listens to the teachings of Jesus. You follow the teachings of Jesus. You just don't follow the teachings of man. Let me drop something in your spirit while I'm coming by your street. If you follow the teachings of man, you will preach from the podium. You will preach from the Sunday school podium, from the pulpit. You will preach Republican, Democrat, and independent rather than preaching Jesus. The pulpit is designed for the elevation and the escalation of God's word. It is not designed to state your political party and your beliefs about what you believe or not believe. You need to believe in Jesus and leave the rest to God. Here's what he said. When you lose your life, you shall gain it for the gospel's sake. Why? This is what the Amplified Version says of verse 34. He says, and Jesus called to him the throng with his disciples and said to them, if anyone intends to come after me, let him deny himself, forget, ignore, disown, and lose sight of himself and his own interest and take up his cross and joining me as a disciple and siding with my party, follow me, follow with me continually, cleaving steadfastly to me. The first thing we must do is the commitment to Jesus Christ. 34 says it. If you're going to commit to the teachings and the followings of Jesus, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to pick up your cross and you've got to be willing to cleave to, stand fast with, be wrapped up, tied up, and tangled with the belief and the faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. If you can believe that there's a commitment that you must have to Jesus, we must commit. Not to the church name, not to the name of your church, not to your bishop, not to your pastor, not to your, your pastor's assistant. There's no such thing as a co-pastor in the Bible. It's bishops, pastors, teachers, prophets, and evangelists. So let's understand that in the scriptures. But if you're going to commit, you must commit to Jesus Christ Lord and Savior. So the first thing that God said, when you think about your own spiritual gain or spiritual loss, and I'm going there, is the first thing is believers must do. We must have a commitment to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the good news. When you tell somebody about the good news, the good news ain't that your church is the only anointed church. The good news ain't that your choir can outsing any other choir. The good news ain't that you've got a fleet of buses and y'all got CDs and records and you got a bookstore in your church. That's not the good news. That's news, but it ain't the right good news that we should preach. The good news is that I know a man who died on Calvary. I know somebody who hung, bled, and died that I, my family, my mother, my father, my brothers, my sisters, my uncles, my aunts could die one day and have a right to the tree of life in Jesus Christ. The first thing is the commitment has to be to Jesus. Verse 34 tells us you've got to deny yourself, and I'm going somewhere, and pick up your cross and follow him. 35 and 36 and 37 gives me the rest of, there's four things that God gave me. The first thing is the commitment to Jesus. The second thing, starting in verse 35, says it this way. This is what God gave me. Don't give up the spiritual right for the world's wrong. Don't give up the spiritual right for the world's wrong. Listen to 35 and beyond. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. What does that mean? 
But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. In the Amplifies, it says this way. For whoever wants to save his higher spiritual eternal life will lose it. The lower natural temporal life, which is lived only on earth. And whoever gives up his life, which is lived on earth, for my sake and the gospels will save it. His higher spiritual life in the eternal kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, mind you, is not made up of money. So you hear those preachers saying you're sowing into the kingdom work of God. The kingdom work of God is preaching the unadulterated gospel. Freely you received it, freely you give it. What they're preaching is their own vision to build up in this earth in the name of God, in the name of Jesus, that they can go around under the umbrella of preaching the gospel by what you give them. But they themselves, when you give into the storehouse, if you go to them in need, they will quickly tell you, the church ain't a bank. That's what they've said. I've been there. We've been a part of it. I was over finance committees before in previous churches. And that's what they will tell you. The church got bills. We know there's an administration side to the ministry. But if you believe that your ministry was built upon the teachings of Jesus Christ, when God built it, he'll fund it. He'll cover it. He'll take care of it when God built it. But if you built it, then you've got to do everything you can to make sure your message keeps that money flowing in. But the gospel, my, job, my child of God, is not about money. The gospel is about salvation. It's about living with Jesus Christ in eternity. I'm going somewhere. I'm almost done this morning. So the first thing is the commitment to Jesus Christ. The second thing, don't give up the spiritual right for the world's wrong. Verse 36 says this. This is what we're going to kind of talk about for a minute. He says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain, here's where I'm coming from, amen, spiritual gains and losses, the whole world and lose his own soul. 36 says it in the Amplified. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life in the eternal kingdom of God? What does that mean? Here's what God gave me in the third point. The three P's I call them. What will you do if you try to save your life just to have the three P's, position, prestige, and power? God said, because you're going to live in this life to show who you are, to tell them who you are in life, to show you got power, you got control, because you live by your title, not by the teaching. The three P's, position, prestige, and power, ain't everything. So what you a title? So what I'm a branch head? So what I'm a department head? That means nothing in the kingdom work of God. Okay, great. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I'm a titled bishop, whatever. But if I'm a castaway, I preach it because I got an ulterior motive and I myself die and go to hell because my heart never got changed. What good is that for me? You get saved, but I walk into the gates of hell. Oh, it's real. Study your scripture. I'm not talking about what I heard. I'm just talking about what I studied in accordance to 2 Timothy 2.15. So the three P's is position, prestige, and power. They ain't everything. Here's what he says, verse 36, and we're going to move 37, and we're almost done. He says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, comma, and lose his own soul, question mark. 37 says, for what can a man give as an exchange for compensation? Let me go back and read 36 and amplify, excuse me. He says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life in the eternal kingdom? You gain everything the world has to offer. You gain title, you gain fame, you gain recognition. 
Have you not watched television? Most actors and actresses on life that they want to be stars and want to get the notoriety, get the popularity. When they get it, then they lose their mind and lose themselves. They lose who they are. They can't stand it. But that's everything you strive for. You got what you asked for. Your 15 minutes of fame. Now your 15 minutes of fame doesn't mess your mind up. Preachers want to be elevated and escalated. They want to have a large church and a large following. They want to have a fleet of preachers, a fleet of deacons, a whole section of mothers that's all dressed up so that they can travel around and get paid for what they do. But yet you can't get to them because they're surrounded by security guards. Jesus walked freely because he was the truth. See, if you walk in truth, you don't have to be afraid of what man going to do to you if you walk in truth. So why are you so concerned, child of God, about your title, your position, your prestige, the power that you yield? If anybody knew me at work, I don't need power at work. I don't need prestige. I don't need title. I need to just be. And God said, your gift will make room for you. But when you gift it from God, those who are not gifted because they have the title but not the anointing, they're envious of what God gave you. Hello, Holy Ghost. You got to understand in this life, preachers get envious of other preachers because their preaching may be more solid than theirs. Let me drop some of your spirit as I move on to the last and final point. You got to understand this. It's not about how well you deliver the gospel. It's about the gospel itself. So what? I'm not a singing preacher. So what? I can't hoop. So what? I can't escalate a crowd and get you all on the edge of your seat. But if I'm telling you biblical truth that you'll be able to stand in the evil day, you'll be able to live your life every day as unto God. You know that God is your savior. You know that you're cradled in the loving arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know that no matter what you go through, you now believe that there is not a spot where God is not. You understand that even though I feel like I'm down in the depths of the belly of the hell that we live in oftentimes in this life, I understand that God through Jesus and the Holy Ghost said, if you made your bed in hell, there I am with you. If you ascend to the highest, there I am. Why? Because there is not a spot where God is not. Wherever you are, God's already there. He's already prepared a table before you in the presence of his enemies. They're not yours. They're his. If you walk in truth, ah, but if you walk in your own position, your own prestige and your own power, they just might be your enemy. Because if you step over people and you use people and you manipulate people and monopolize people to get gain in this life, then you're going to get everything the world going to give you. The devil is an Indian giver if you didn't know it. So let me get ready to close this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. When you think about spiritual gains and losses, do you want to gain or do you want to lose? Hello, Holy Ghost. I've never been on the losing side because I understand my fate. I understand my end destination. I understand the goal. If you do what Yolanda Adams said in the song, the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. When you realize those that come against you, they will stumble and they will fall. You just got to remember, you ain't got to always launch back when they launch at you. You ain't got to always speak because they spoke to you in a negative way. You ain't got to always counter their action with a reaction. Sometimes God says, be still and know that I am God. He told me in the last several months, amen. Shh. What does that mean? That means you ain't got to always react because something pops off around you. God said, shh, be quiet. 
Know that I am God. I'm always doing something on my children's behalf. Don't you understand? You'll never lose. Here's what I said. Here's one thing I've always said in my Christianity. Though I no longer publicly pastor, though long I don't have a large following of congregation, I understand that I've never lost anything. I understand that the negative Nancys and the negative Normans and the negative connotation from the previous church folk that we used to be around, amen, that didn't care for what we were doing, always assuming some negative stuff, didn't know that we're not trying to make a title for ourselves. We're not trying to make a position. We're not trying to make ourselves in lights. We're not trying to be there with our face plastered on the billboard. We just want to live unto God, be a blessing to somebody. Here's my motto as I get ready to close. I've always said, and y'all ain't got to believe me, but I walk in it. If I can't help you, I surely am not going to try to hurt you. I know how to shut up, go sit down, mind my business, drop my head, stay in my lane and move on. Jesus told me if I enter into a man's house or into his city, and if they don't receive the truth, they don't receive the gospel, they don't receive the love I'm just trying to give, I've got to shake the dust from my feet and move on. Amen. Here's the thing, and I'll recap it and I'll close. The first thing when we talk about spiritual gains and losses, the objective is, is to preach Jesus that people can go and live with Jesus in eternity. The other thing is this. The first thing is the commitment to Jesus Christ. You ain't committing to me. Don't you commit to that preacher. Don't you commit to that church title. Don't you commit to that name. You commit to the only name that is above every name. His name is Jesus Christ. The third thing, the second thing is this. Don't give up the spiritual right for the world's wrong. Don't do everything the world said because everybody's doing it. Just because the world's doing it don't mean it is right. Amen. So the three P's, the position, prestige, and power, if that is you, if you got to let everybody know that you always got to an answer for every question, you always got something you got to say because you're so much more knowledgeable than everybody, you might want to check yourself. We do not know everything. Hello, Holy Ghost. And in closing, the last thing is this. In Christ Jesus, you ain't lost anything. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Let me close out this morning. Verse 37, 38 in conclusion. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let me reread 36, 37, 38, and we close. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Question mark. And then there's an or. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hello, Holy Ghost. What should you give in exchange for your soul? If you give me on the podium, if you can get me the platform, if you can get me the preaching engagement, if you can get me right there before the man, I will do thus and so. Jesus and Satan had a dialogue and Satan told Jesus, if you but bow down and worship me, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom wasn't a real kingdom. The kingdom was a fictitious kingdom. The kingdom was the, the God of this world and the things that come with it. It's one day you're up, the next day you're down. One day they love you, the next day they hate you. One day they'll promote you, the next day they'll crucify you. They'll be like Jesus and Barabbas. Here you are just trying to do the will of God. You ain't hurt nobody. You ain't caused no crimes. You ain't did nothing. But they say what? Crucify you. But then they bless that joker who's a liar, who's a robber, who's a thief, who's a prestige grabber, who's a power hog. He wants everything. She wants everything. And it looks like they're prospering. But let me drop something in in your spirit. Their day shall come. There is a day that the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall repay. Don't you worry about what the world thinks of you. You just be concerned what you've done and that your name's written in the Lamb.
Lamb's book of life as I close this morning. And the last verse, verse 38 says, or 37, 38, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In closing, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of the father with his holy angels. Oh, child of God, let me let you know there's going to come a day that Tonton don't know that Jesus is going to crack across the eastern sky and the Bible says, and the Lamb's book of life shall be open and the angel shall strike open the seal and what you're looking for is to make sure that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. What you want is, is when the roll call begins to get called, you want to hear your name called in the Lamb's book of life. You don't want to get all all the way to the gate and get denied interest because you was not willing to give up your riches. You was not willing to give up your wealth. You was not willing to give up your title. You was not willing to give up your position. You was not willing to give up everything that man has given you. But baby, if you're not afraid to let it all go, as the old cliche say, if you can just let go and let God, you will find that you shall what? Never know defeat. There is not a spot where God is not. Wherever you are, are, wherever you've been, wherever you're going, God's already made your way. I'm trying to tell you this. When you walk with God, he'll walk with you. If you can believe that you want to gain or do you want to lose, baby, choose which way you want. I'm going to drop this in your spirit as I close the book this morning. I'm not a loser. I haven't lost anything. I'm not a whiner, but I'm a winner. In Jesus Christ, I serve a God who sits high and looks low. I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe that I shall never go hungry. I believe that I shall never beg bread. I believe that if you don't like me, that's okay. If you don't care for my ways, that's okay. If you don't care for how we live, that's okay. I know who does. He said he will give me houses that I did not build. He will give me fields that I did not tend to. Let me drop something in your spirit. My cup runneth over. The Bible says that if you give, God shall give back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over that men shall give into your bosom. Ain't nothing better than a stranger to bless you because they don't even know why. They just felt inspired to give unto you. It's God, not them. It's God giving back to you. It's God making a way. It's God blessing you. It's God feeding you. It's God loving you. You ought to say it as the songwriter said, if he does nothing else for you, he's done enough. I've not lost anything. I close the book and tell you, if you can just believe that Jesus is the reason for every season, trust me, baby, you watch what God is yet going to do in your life. I'm no prophet, but 2023 is going to be a year of receiving everything that devil thought he did to us in 2022. God's going to reveal that they shall not know defeat that war. Walk in Jesus. Freedom papers are coming, baby, in 2023. But if he chooses to do nothing else, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he's done enough. Father, in the name of Jesus, until the next time, Triple C Podcast. If he we thank you. Do. That no matter what the world says, 
No matter what they do unto us, we must stand. And believe it this way. In Jesus' name, until you come back together, if you do nothing else, you've done enough. Thank you, Lord God. Come on, hold this out, Beverly Johnson, in the name of Jesus. Till the next time, 20 seconds you got that. Signing off. And believe it as the songwriter is about to say, if he doesn't do anything else, he's done enough. Be blessed.